Ahmed Imam is a man that wears many hats. I'm Muslim, I'm Aussie, deal with it. The community knows him as the Sheikh's son, Walid's sidekick from Salam Cafe, or even the guy that gets you a job making ovens. So I even learnt it in Turkish. They'd come in, I'd say, Ishyok, bugün git, yarın git. But we know Ahmed is so much more, which is why we brought him in to share his incredibly diverse experiences. أعوذ بالله الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Today I am very honored. Me and my brother are very honored to have an amazing guest with us. His name is Ahmed Imam. He carries the Imam name of my beloved Sheikh Fahmi. Ahmed is the CEO of Alligator Publishing, a publisher of Islamic children books through Alligator. Ahmed has been able to spread positive messages to children all around the globe, mashallah, especially he popped in the UK from what I've heard of. We are so excited to share the success story of Ahmed Imam and his journey with creating and growing Alligator. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. What an intro. I think we'll just cut it there and I'll leave because that's everything. Everything you, in a nutshell, you alhamdulillah. Did, you didn't mention Farhana, we should have mentioned No, no, we Farhana. can't mention Farhana, because Farhana's going to come here in the, in the next episode, yeah, inshallah. Probably should, should have got her first. <laughs> no, She's listen, amazing. You, you, we, we go back to with you first. So you're, okay. You're the, you're the usul, you know, we got to go foundation level. Okay. So, bismillah, we're going to start, I think, as a young chap, uh, being, you know, look. I, it's love, not, it. I it's, love it how he calls everybody a young chap. How old do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you, just a little, just just pl- plus a little bit. Plus a little bit. <laughs> so, t- so take us through that journey of your primary school days, mm. and then your high school days. Okay. Um, tell us a bit about mum as well. I'd love mm. to know about mum because I know I've never spoken to you since I've, kn- I've known you for a long time, but I've never spoken to you about that topic. Yes. So. Let's start with mum. Allah Allah Um Obviously, she's Aussie background. Oh, no, and you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ahmed. That's you, very apparent. You give me a hard time about, <laughs> that, about everything. Um, her family came to Australia 1851. Okay, so they came from England in search of gold and um, ended up in Eagle Hawk in Bendigo. So from there they moved to Melbourne, obviously, you know, generations. And so... She was, um, grew up in Brunswick when it was Anglo-Brunswick, you know. Yeah. She, was born, she was born in 1927. So she went to school in Brunswick and that kind of thing. And so a very uh, Anglo upbringing, very Aussie upbringing, you know, during the war, Second World War and this kind of thing. So her household is a very Aussie household. So I didn't grow up in an ethnic household at all, you know. So I've heard some of your guests talk about, oh, you know, the pressure was on to be a doctor or a lawyer. That was never, ever mentioned once because my mum's motto was always, you do your best because you can't do more than your best. Mm. So whatever whatever path that takes you, we're, we're proud of you, you know. So alhamdulillah, both uh, myself and my brother, we ended up going to university. So it was kind of an expectation. But if we ended up in a trade or whatever, it would not have been a problem. Did mum... Obviously, accept Islam or? Alhamdulillah. Okay. Alhamdulillah. So is that uh, 
can you take us through that relationship? How your dad met her? Do you know much about that? Uh, did he convert on his hands? <laughs> 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 that didn't sound right. Look, but did you know much about the story and how mum converted? And I, I, I think we have to paint the picture of Australia 1951. Mm. Okay? So it's not Australia 2024. It's a different world. Complete. If you've ever seen the movie, They're a Weird Mob, by Nino Colotto, I think his name is. If not, just look it up on YouTube and you'll get a little idea about bloody new Australians, ethnics, migrants, the issues of Italians coming. Yeah. My dad tells me there was a guy, Ibrahim Hashem, which, which I think you know, he was more olive skin. And my dad, they went to get an apartment, a place to rent, because he's from Lebanon as well. And the lady said to him, because my dad's fair skin, yeah. you're okay, but not the oily one. Wow. So that's the world. Yeah. That's the world in 1950s in Australia. Remember yeah, why Australia policy? It's still there, active. It's still hanging around. Mm. So my dad comes to Australia and there's no Muslims. And alhamdulillah, my mum came from a Christian family background. So her, my grandfather never drank. So that was the part of his faith. Mm. So my dad said, when I met your mum and I met the family, they were acting like Muslims. Wow. Because they were classic Christians in that sense. So they were faith-based, you know, good family values and that kind of thing. Wow. And to my grandma's credit, when my mum came to her and said, I want to become Muslim, she said, I've brought you up to be Christian and if this is going to be good for you and it's a good thing, I support you. So she didn't reject her. I never, some people talk about people becoming Muslim yeah. and their families reject them. I didn't have any of that. Wow. So I grew up with my Aussie cousins, Stephen, Merrin, Sandra. These are my first cousins. Amazing. You know, strangely, like a side note, my cousin Sandra is a nurse. And she used to work at Western General Hospital, which out in out in Footscray. Yep, yep. So when all the mishmish came, they were all over there having babies, and she'd see the ladies and she'd say, "Oh, salam alaikum." Pure Aussie is like, "How do you know that?" Sheikh Femi is my uncle. <laughs> wow. This girl's on drugs, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? She's lying. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. So, you know, even my mum, when, when they got married, actually back to the conversion, she told my dad that she was going over to the UK with her friend for a few months and then we'll see what happens when we come back. You know, so when she was in the UK, she went to the mosque and took shahada in the UK. There's no mosque in Australia to take shahada. Wow. So she came back and she got the certificate and she showed my dad and he, and he said, look at this, open the envelope. He said, well, now we have to get married. Allah Akbar. So she took shahada beforehand, you know, to her credit, under her own bat, you know, and then, you know, alhamdulillah, they got married, four kids, Allah, and, Allah and, and here we are, Subhanallah. you know. So she ran the house because my dad's out working, doing that kind of thing. So she was very British Australian, so very formal, 
you know, you couldn't, uh, like my, my brother's friend, uh, Andrew down the street would come down and say, Oh, Rams, is Rams home? And she would say, his name is Ramsey. Mm. So you couldn't play around. Ibo, she wouldn't have taken that. Mm. His name is Ibrahim. Wow. You know? Mm. So she's very formal. Yeah, very formal. You know? So well, we call trim and proper. Alhamdulillah. And and the funny thing is, it worked in my dad's favor. So you know my dad's English was fantastic. Yeah, mashallah. He had a he had a, a part-time tutor at home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So whenever he'd 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 talk about something, you say, Femi, it's like this. And oh. Wow. So then he'd go and he speaks to the the governor and he speaks to the police and he, he's he's translating in court for lots of the migrant Lebanese. So he was fantastic. Is that where it comes from? Allah. You always do that with me. You exactly. To, well, yeah. everybody. Yeah, you, you did it a lot. I, I did it? it with my cousin Hamdi the other day. And he said, oh, you remind me of your mum. Allah. You know? Subhanallah. Because I, I don't feel right for you to continue going outside. I don't want you to be in front of... You know the the governor of you know uh, some uh, government body, yeah. and you saying the wrong thing. It doesn't make you look good. Yeah, so yeah. one little tweak, as long as it's done with love and yes, properly, yes, one hundred percent. You know, so, sure. so and you did that well. Alhamdulillah. So take us through your primary school days, uh, high school days. Tell us about you went to. You said president. No, no, I grew up in Thomastown. So I went to Thomastown Primary. Alhamdulillah. Um, Italians, Greeks, Macedonians back then. Yeah, um, There was one kid, Hassan Ramadan, Albanian, and his mum was also Aussie. Okay, Betty, Betty Ramadan. Mashallah. So he became like my best mate. We played footy together at Thomastown. I, I, had, a, I had an Aussie upbringing. So I played footy for Thomastown. I played uh, cricket in the summer. Not very good. I was better at footy. <laughs> um and life's normal. Mm. There's no mosque to go to. There was like the old house. So we went there for Sunday school. And it used to be called like, well, we'll go to the center. Like it was called the Islamic center. It was never called a mosque. It was always called the Islamic center or the center. center. So we'd go there and, and that was our only connect. Because remember, all your neighbors are not Muslim. All your school is not Muslim. You go shopping everywhere. There's no Muslims anywhere. Wow. And then you go to this Islamic center on Sunday. You meet some people, da, 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 and then you go back. So it's a real two-world situation. So like today, Thomastown is full of Arabs and Turks and everything, mm. you know. There was none. Wow. There was none. From there, I went to uh, Lola High School, and it's not Laylo, as my mum would say. <laughs> and she, was, she really hated that. Because the guy's name is Peter Lawler. He's from the Eureka Stockade and the area was named after him. So everybody says Laylaw. <laughs> it's like Mahoney's Road. Yeah. It's Mahoney's Road. <laughs> <laughs> so these were stuck, you know. <laughs> so once again, high school, there was one one girl, Egyptian girl, and all the rest were like a little you, bit odd. So awesome. you never felt out of place? You never felt? I Because... I, I I feel. Were you were you practicing at that age? I feel I feel Aussie. Were you were you practicing at that age? Did you did you have? Were you like like question? in high school? Yeah, can I ask that question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, practicing in 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 some regard, because remember, there's no mosque to go to. 
you know, there's no encouragement from anybody, you know. We'd pray at home, you know, and that's why, you know, like I like that, like family sajada because my dad would be at the front and then the three boys would be there and then my sister and that, you know, like at the back. So, but if he's not there, then there's not too much practice because there's not much support network, Mm. you know. So, and this is where going to like the Afik youth camps was so important. So like back in like 76 or something, they had a youth camp in Melbourne and it was different because it wasn't like on a campsite. The people would stay at our house or not like uh, uh, they'd be billeted out to different people's houses and then we'd all meet at Carlton Mosque for the daily activities and then come home. Oh, wow. So that, uh, was, the, that was the camp. That was the camp. How that many was, people? Uh, maybe 50. 50. Wow. But that was nationally. National. So we had one guy from South Australia come and stay with us and two guys from Sydney, okay? Wow. Um, and to today, Ghazi, who stayed with it, we're still good mates. Wow. So that was the connect. To the community. Exactly. And the only way I could go and see Ghazi and keep that friendship alive was to go to the camp. I would have to call him at home, which I don't think, because STD calls. STD made a lot of something different back then. (laughs) Just made a phone call. (laughs) You can't stay long. (laughs) It's costing money. So we would write to each other. And then it would be, okay, you're going to the camp, and we'd see each other. And that was instrumental in me feeling identity, feeling connected, and feeling a love for Islam. Wow. You know? And so like Ramzi al-Sayed was there, Ahmed Hassan, these kinds of guys. So they they carry, sorry, they carry you through. So if there's anything, like you talk about, you know, uh, the spirit of Islam, friendship to me is so crucial. Mm. So you need some good brothers around you or the sisters need so just a couple of people who will say, hey, let's pray, let's not do that, guidance. Because you're a young guy, you want to go out. It's yeah. normal. So you want to go out somewhere so you can either go out with your non-Muslim friends and potentially go somewhere over there yeah. or with, hopefully with your Muslim friends, they'll actually, you know, keep you, keep you on the right keep path. Keep you grounded. So... Going to those camps really helped build me as a Muslim. I'd, 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 I'd sort of say between they saved me and they made me. Wow. You know? It's a big call. Exactly. Because. And dad was at the forefront of that. Ghazi's dad was one of the, uh, the uh, camp organizers from Sydney. My dad was, my dad was everything in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You want to organize a camp? Check family. <laughs> You want to get married, Sheikh family? You, you name it, just Subhanallah. all of the above, tick, 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 tick. Yeah. He, he did them all. So he was very much, because he's always been passionate about the youth and giving and giving and giving. You know? So alhamdulillah, th- those camps were uh, everything to me. What year was that? You, what year, year, year 10, 11? Well, no, no, that, that was only like, seriously, like year eight. Oh, wow. So then year nine, year 10, 11, da, da, da. I'd go to the camp on a regular basis every year, every year, because I built those connections, Shalom. you know. Till today, like even like 
uh, a month or two ago, I went to uh, Vienna, Austria, and one of the guys from the camp from Sydney is now living there. So Whoa. I went to see him. And their family is freaking out. It looks like, look at you guys. Now we understand, because they don't know so much about him and that world of, of the camps. I think he's like a uh, stepson said. So did you just like study Quran all day? I said, to be honest, I don't think there was much Quran. But it was, it was brotherhood. It was mm. friendship. You know, there was uh, BIK, basic Islamic knowledge, because mm. that's all we had. We're not we're not up to you know discussing terms these (laughs) 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 because you go to everybody there didn't go to Islamic school because there was no such thing as an Islamic school. So we all have that shared you know experience. One in identity. Alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. So now you're in high school. Take us through that. How did you know what you wanted to do? Were you lost? We did you want to follow dad's footsteps? Mm, interesting. It's interesting. At, at, at one stage I did, and I did, it wasn't in high school, but when I finished uni, I actually applied for Islamic University in Benina. Wow. Um, I sent them letters because there was no email application, da, 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 da. I didn't know that. Yeah, alhamdulillah. That's what we're here for. <laughs> 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 My wife's going, what? <laughs> <laughs> so we applied, and at the time I was working at Craig and Seeley for Chef Ovens. And my dad calls me and he said, I've got the ambassador for Saudi here at the mosque. He said, they received your application. Uh, he said, you can leave Monday. Allah, <laughs> this is like Allah. on Friday. <laughs> and I go, I don't think so, mate. SubhanAllah. So I, I, I applied, I applied, I applied, application, etc. Got crickets back from them. Wow. Nothing. And then all of a sudden... The sheikh says, oh, my son applied. Okay, tell him to come Monday. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. So then I just Did said, you tell dad you applied? Yeah, well, obviously, yeah. Okay. You know, I think he was proud. It was like, it was something I thought of. I, pro- I may not have thought about it in too much detail, like about, you know, seven years and that time. But I must have been on yeah. that path. Sheikh Ahmed, I like it. <laughs> You're a sheikh. Imam Ahmed. Humbly. You're a sheikh in my eyes. So many people, oh, when we're together, you know, or you're the imam, you have to lead the salat. <laughs> Everybody thinks that's a big joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're the imam. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> so now you're in high school. Have you, have you taken thought to what you want to do with your life from a career path, where you really mm. want to? Look, it, it, it's funny that there's no pressure from home saying, do this, do this, do this. I, just, I knew I'd go to university because back then it was an expectation, like society-wise, you go to university not to study something, just to go to university for the experience. Mm. That's why people do BA which I tell people it stands for bugger all. <laughs> <laughs> so my brothers did, went to uni. So it's like, that's what they've done. That's what I'll do. So I went to uni and I, I applied for accounting. Okay. And um, Any reason? Just Good job. Does okay. I wasn't sort of really pumped. I really want to do this. I really want to. I'm re- like, yeah, I've always wanted to be an accountant. Oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, okay, 
they get paid well. It's a nice job. That's good, you know. And I lined up at uh, at uni because it was like you you get the you get the offer, and then you go to enrol. There's no online enrolment or right. these types of things. So I'm in the line, and in the next thing it says human resources. I go, hmm, that sounds better. Just moved to the other <laughs> Wow. And, and then my career went the human resources part. Wow. You so know? you're waiting in line. <laughs> <laughs> but that you shows how mind. one moment can change. So that was the One moment. step. You stepped into a different line. One step to the right. It sounded better. And off you go. That's, Alhamdulillah. That's the only thought you took. Yeah. That's, that sounds good. A lot. Uh, that sounds more dealing with people than dealing with numbers. Mm. But that's, that's one thing about you. I've known you for a long time, Ahmed, and you're very like that. In what sense? In, 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 like in, you're, just, you're very easy. Yeah. It's not, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? I've always known that about you. SubhanAllah. Well, well, and, and, and that's why when you talk about like, you know, in high school, it's like, I just went along. I just, I just went. I was just living, go to school, ride my bike to school, ride my bike home, go play footy, do my study, finish, go to uni. And that's what you do, you know? There wasn't sort of like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, just you, go with the flow. It is a go, to, go with the flow kind of guy yeah, yeah. every time. Yeah. But it's also because I'm not an outsider in this society. Mm. Maybe it's my mum's background influence. I've never felt like a migrant because I didn't grow up. In a migrant house, yeah. so I'm an Aussie, and 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 some and, and and somebody said to me once, this combination, you know, it's like you 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 just give off the impression I'm Muslim, I'm Aussie, deal with it. Mm-hmm. That's that's who we are, and in some regards, I kind of feel like in I'm ahead of my time, you know, in the sense of like your kids are probably now feeling like me. I'm born here. This is my country. This is normal. Yeah. You know? But you and your parents coming from overseas may, or you're born overseas, mm. you just don't have that don't same click. Mm. Yeah. You know? You're when st- I travel overseas, Australian passport, bloody earth it is. That's how it is. Mm. You know? And the Australian identity of the Muslim is starting to evolve. You know? Like my wife's South African. And I tell people, well, Islam's been there for 400 years. So when you say you're from South Africa, Muslims go, oh, yeah, okay. It's accepted. But if you say you're Muslim from Australia, so where are you from? Da, da, da. <laughs> but South Africa's now, tick. Yeah. That's a, you say I'm Nigerian, tick. Mm. You say you're Bang- Bengali, tick. Mm. You say South African, tick. Australia, mm. we, we haven't developed enough yet. Yes, yes. So I'm sort of your <coughs> kids and my kids, this is home. Yeah. This is normal. Yeah, they man. don't live in a Lebanese context. Mm, 100%. You know? So, so what, what happened? How, what did you get into uni? What did you do? Like HR again. So what happened there? Were you always kind of a person that always gave your best, Ahmed? Since you just were so blasé. Yeah. <laughs> Make it look easy. <laughs> Getting C's and D's was not a problem. <laughs> Would you always try to fly in just at, the, at that? Look, I, I think there's lots of students. You go for t- uh, parent-teacher night. If you worked harder, you could get better results, you know. So, alhamdulillah, occasionally I got better results. But I was 
I was busy doing other things like, you know, playing sport or working or, you know, this kind of thing. So I was never going to get honours. I was never going to be A+. plus. But, you know, I got the marks I got, you know, and I'm, and, and I'm comfortable with that. I'm not disappointed in that, you know. One of, the, one of the blessings of going to uni was I went to uni with Ramsey Al-Sayed. So we were at, he was he ended up doing accounting course. <laughs> he, he stayed. <laughs> he's in that line. He stayed in the line. Was, he, wrong was line. he with you in the line? <laughs> Sorry? Was he with you was he with you in that line? I can't remember. <laughs> Subhanallah. But because we were both there at, at uni together, we kind of spurred each other on. I want to graduate with you, you want to graduate with me. So don't drop the class because you'll fall behind and then I'll graduate and you won't. So Alhamdulillah, even though we're going in two different paths, we encourage each other. But there was there was a continuation. I I'd been in Sunday school with him. I'd been at the youth camps with him. Wow. You know, so our our friendship and relationship just got stronger and stronger. And I tell my kids, you know, I'd go visit the family, and you visit the family. So now the family knows me. Today, somebody comes to visit me. My, my kids, they go out somewhere. Yeah. Let's go eat. Mm. There's nowhere to eat. There's no halal. So you'd go and visit. So therefore I know the families very well. That Ramsey knows my family very well. We just visit and hang out yeah. at the house. So, it was in there. so therefore the dynamic of our upbringing and our experiences were very, very different. Yeah, 100%. So alhamdulillah, from uni I pushed and uh, went on uh, to work in the field of human resources. Take me through some of your work experience as a young chap, what did you, you do? You had a job while you said you said. Were you, you, were, you, were you doing anything? Did you do any part time work besides bit, holding dad's uh, I was, briefcase? I was I was a very proud paper boy. Well, on the yeah. streets of Thomastown, delivering the uh, Udelsi Post, and uh, it's funny today the, the the shop that my wife runs in Coburg, the landlord lived on our route on our route. Oh, wow. <laughs> I used to deliver newspapers to him, and he remembers me as a little kid. Wow, you know. So we did that. Um, then I actually worked at Princess Park at Carlton, at, at, at the footy there, uh, selling tickets. Okay. I worked at the MCG, showing people to their seats. I remember I, was, I, had, a, I had a job like full-time at Ericsson and I was doing this just on the weekend and then the CEO of Ericsson comes to my <laughs> area and I had to show him to this seat and he's looking at me he's like, don't you work in human resources? <laughs> oh, wow. oh, wow. So I worked there. I worked at uh, what where our Jannah is today in Campbellfield. There was a, a restaurant called Denny's. Wow. So I'd work there. Like, that was my uni job. Hospitality? Yeah. So I worked as a waiter. Uh, and then uh, I ended up being a cook as well, just a short order cook. So alhamdulillah taught me a lot of gosh, oh, God, now my wife's going to. She's gonna find out. Give me a stop! Oh my, what have I done? <laughs> she know you can cook, and he's a professional chef. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> so alhamdulillah, that's what allowed me to go on the overseas trip because I worked through uni, saving money so I could support going on a long overseas trip. Wow. How long was that for? Um, just a short one, 18, on your own, 18 huh? months, 18 months yeah, on your own. But see, once again, that's a very Aussie thing. It is. Yeah. 100%. Going my mum, sorry, family, nice to meet you, but I'm going overseas for like six months. 
my brother, my oldest brother, went for two years. Wow. But that was a very much the Aussie thing, go backpacking in Europe, all this kind of stuff. You know, we, we speak about travelling, you know, and alhamdulillah we've had the, the honour of having your daughter at the retreat and she mentioned she's been to 31. Speaking about travelling, every time we go to Malaysia, <laughs> this guy pops out of nowhere at some shopping centre. It's like, like three times. What, yeah. what would you tell our youth in relation to travelling? Go for it. Go for it. Especially, like, it's such an eye-opener because you think this is Melbourne or this is Australia, this is Islam, you need to go to Malaysia, you need to go to the UK, you need to see how Islam is practised differently in these different places to get out of, you know, this Melbourne bubble here. There's not that about it. And Sydney, there's a bubble. In Perth, there's a bubble. And we all think, and it can even go even closer to say Dallas Islam, Preston Islam, Tanid Islam, because I just go to that mosque. So I've grown up all the time in that. So you need to get out. Mm. And and there's a difference between being a tourist and actually spending a little time and going a little deeper. And that's what allowed me to do. So where'd you go? We need another so, podcast for t- that, take bro. Take us through, just quickly. Uh, in, 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 a, in, a, in a quick summary, I spent three months, uh, six months in the States. Wow. I spent six months in the Middle East and six months in Europe. Wow. So in the US, I was a tennis coach. Seriously? Uh, alhamdulillah. Uh, I never played competition tennis in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, at, it was at a youth camp. It was called Camp Winnebago. And I would say 80% of the participants were Jewish. Wow. I had in my cabin, I had uh, like Alex Goldfarb, Seth Myers, you know, uh, Lehman. Didn't know you, you were know? a tennis coach. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. But mainly. Why the US? What, what, what drew you to the US? Because the US compared to the Middle East is completely different worlds at that time. Well, even to today. But it was like the, the organization was called Camp America. So the, if you could get yourself to London, they will fly you to the US for free and send you on this camp and then you can go live there for like – because Americans love to go on summer camp. So this was up near the border of uh, Canada. It was in Maine, which mm. nobody's ever heard of, mm. the state of Maine. Borders with absolutely gorgeous, you know, uh, area of the world. And the kids would go on summer camp for two months. So for eight weeks, ten weeks, they all send them off. And then the families go to Europe and they have a good time, da da da. And so there they there they are. So if I could live somewhere for two months for free, wow, you know, alhamdulillah. What was your most enjoyful joyful travel? What would you say your most favorite country? You must leave travel. When, when when my wife, we spoke about going on Hajj when we just got married, and she said, "I want to go to Europe." I said to her, "I will only go to Europe again if we go to Switzerland." Because Switzerland is Allahu Akbar. A, if, if you can't see the magnificence of Allah's creation in those mountains, Allahu Akbar. Those, just the peaks and you see the water gushing, it's so different to Australia. Mm. And it's so magnificently beautiful. Allah. It takes your breath away. It, and yeah, so we heard that uh, the boys from today. Medina and yeah. Mustafa both when they yeah. said they drove from, they said unbelievable. They drove through the whole place. They said yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Amazing, I said, yeah. Uh, you know, alhamdulillah. The, the, the scenery is amazing. Superb. Absolutely superb. So that, that, that's... They, they all said the same thing. They said we will only go back to Switzerland. See? And Allah. SubhanAllah. So I, I would encourage travel. And travel has been a blessing uh, for me. So like through our publishing, having different agents and distributors in other parts of the world, it forces us to go and visit them and get to see and experience the other side of the world. Hmm. So in some regards, I, I, I don't consider myself to be like a Muslim of Melbourne. I feel more like, you know, like a Muslim of the world, hmm. you know, because once you go to London and you don't just go Big Ben and you, you visit, you know, Leighton, you visit the, the warehouse and you visit and you see really what's happening in the Muslim. You get you go to the next level down. Mm. Yeah, so you really get to experience. Mashallah. So I would encourage all the young guys to travel, you know. Um, and I, my kids are the same. You travelled on your own? The, we, 18 on months. It was all on myself. Alhamdulillah. Wow. I actually hitchhiked, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, encourage people to do this <laughs> these days, from the south of Italy in a place called Brindisi all the way to Stockholm in Sweden. Wow. And just putting a sign, people pick you up, you know, and off you go. And that's that's not thinking about it now, uh, then, but thinking about it now, it's like, well, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just protecting you the whole way. Wow. You know? It was your dad, you know? Sorry? Was your dad's dog. <laughs> <laughs> Bring, <laughs> Bring you home safely. Bring you home safely. Alhamdulillah. So take us to, to your work fields. You, you got into HR. You worked at Ericsson. Well, well, my first job was at Craig and Sealy here in Brunswick, which that's when Australia used to have a manufacturing base. We used to make the cooktops and the they ovens. They used to make the, the chef ovens. Yes, right, yes. Mm. You know, the Lebos would say Ros, yeah. and the Turks would say Ojak. So the, I remember friends of mine working there, making the ovens. Are you serious? Uh, which is next to Brunswick High, correct? That, 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 that uh, big, big factory that they, was there. It's on Hope Street. Yes. But they used to say on No Hope Street. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. Yes. <laughs> Allah. So it was, it was my first real, you know, foray into, you know, uh, professional career. And, and bang straight away, lots of Muslims were working there. There were lots of Italians, a lot of Vietnamese but there were also like a strong Turkish component and a strong Arab component. But once word got out that Ibn al-Sheikh is working at the Ghaz, mm. I'd go for Salat, brother, tap on the shoulder. My brother is looking for a job. Oh, <laughs> and I became famous, you know. So everybody would come looking for work, you know. And the old days was they land at Tullamarine, they come to either Ford factory because right. the guy's marrying some girl. He needs to earn some money. And then he'd come down to, to us at, at, at Craig and Sealy. Was there a shortage of labor then? Obviously, uh, being in, in that field then? Work was, you want work? You don't want work. So we all, in, in that work, we always had work. Wow. There was always work. But I had a, uh, a process whereby if some, even if I had jobs, ready to start, I would tell people, sorry, there's no work. Come maybe tomorrow. So I even learned it in Turkish. They'd come in, Ishvarme, I'd say, Ishyok. Bugun git yerengel. Oh, wow. Wow. Don't, not to, there's no work today, but come back tomorrow. Mm. And at the end of the year, gel Jackson, come back next year. Mm. Even if I had jobs. Oh, wow. Because some people, 
One guy turned up one day. I won't do it here. He he rocked up to the office, put his feet on the ca- uh, on the thing like this. Got any work, mate? <laughs> So what's your story? Oh, yeah, you look like a great employee. I'd love to have you on board, you know. So I would tell everybody there's no work, but come tomorrow. And if you came tomorrow, oh, you're serious. Serious. So I could suss them out. Most of them didn't come back. So they weren't really looking for work. You're looking for the persistent ones, really. That's very, very important. Until today, people come up to me, say, oh, brother, maybe you don't remember me, but you gave me a job. I met some guy, he, he, he saw me at the supermarket the other week and he said, Brother Ahmed? I said, yeah. He goes, oh, man, they were going to sack me. And you, and you, you're an Arab guy. And, and I said, um, please give him another chance. I'll keep an eye on him, you know? And he goes, well, thank you very much. Thank yeah. you. Now my daughter, she studies law, and my other one this. Well, uh, I got no idea who this guy is. Yeah. But he's so grateful and so help, you know, so appreciative. And that's where you you got to give some love where yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. It's you know? most important, magic. Very, giving. very important. And and where you you can help the community, you do, but you don't allow them to take you for a ride and take yeah. advantage of it. Yeah, so if I'm going to go out for you, you've got to. Back me up as well. I mean, and this was also there was a brother. We used to at the uh, like the depot where they do all the deliveries. On the top, we used to pray uh, salat there, duha time. Okay. So there was one brother, Jamal Kuru. He organised like some of the brothers, and you know when you buy a big oven or a fridge, it comes in the big box. We'd have those boxes because you kind of have sajada. Yeah. So we'd have the boxes and we would pray on the boxes. Oh, wow. You know? So that was like my probably first real sort of experience of working with Muslims and being part of a community outside of the mosque. Mosque. So mosque, you know, Islam can be outside of the traditional, yeah. you know, infrastructure. Oh, wow. And that, that was a very strong influence on me to feel that and I was like, oh okay. I'm How long gonna... were you there for? I was there for eighteen months. And then the opportunity and subhanAllah, just by doing some research on uh electronic uh you know turnstiles and gates and this type of thing, that an opportunity arose at Ericsson in Bromeros. And because I'd done that research and they were looking at doing something like that and nobody else was really talking about that at the I got the job. Wow. wow. So and I ended up being five years there. Five years there, excellent. Alhamdulillah. Is that why I went belly up? <laughs> <laughs> you weren't expecting that. You played, you played a you played a part. <laughs> uh, no comment on the great, I can't confirm or deny that. Or deny he must have employed half of Lebanese in that factory. <laughs> Nothing was working. <laughs> and this was, this was like the real start of mobile phones. Yeah. Because they, they they don't make mobile phones. They really make the transmitters and the stations That's right. behind it. Yeah, That's the right. infrastructure behind it. You know, it, yeah. the real the infrastructure behind it. That was a big factory. That was big. 
Yes. It's very, you know, it's two levels. Uh, the office is down the bottom yeah. and the factory on the top. We actually went there because they were thinking of turning into a market recently and they wanted our advice. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, we had a meeting there. Yeah. SubhanAllah. Amazing. There, there was one talk huge. of someone who's going to buy it and make it into an Islamic school at one yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, that's you a, know, there's been a thousand and one. Yeah, it's a you know, big infrastructure. Big. But I remember the, the CEO, he said, because he was talking about mobile phones, and I remember he said how people would say, you know, how are you? Like you pick up the phone, somebody, when you go house to house, it's like, how are you? He said, it's going to change. When you go mobile to mobile, it's going to be, where are you? Wow. Mm. And like, we're all landline people. And it's like, what are you talking about? It's not like and see line. how. You know where he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, ah, you know. Exactly. Subhanallah, you're right. Yeah, see? From how are you? Because you know you're calling that. Yeah, I know you're at home. Yeah. I know where you're at. Because that's where your home phone is. Yeah. Subhanallah. You know? It's a little thing. That was, that was a great experience. Oh, that's the first question we ask. Where are you? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Where are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now there's no, where are you? Just find my phone and check him out. <laughs> where are you? Why are you there? Subhanallah. Subhanallah. So, so what happened from Ericsson? Where did you go from there? Well, I actually because it was human resources, there was actually an opportunity to join a software company called PeopleSoft. And they were just like a startup from the US and there was an office on St Kilda Road and there was probably 10 people in the office because they had a HR software and they had an accounting software. If you know uh, SAP software uh, from Germany, it's all, you know, uh, CRM and all this type of stuff. So they were getting into that field. So I felt it was a time for a change, but it was a big change for me to think about working a place where there's 1,500 people to being like, 10 and yeah. like a team of five yeah, wow. in, in human. And that was a real sort of, am I doing the right thing here? So I reached out to some other people who worked for some smaller organizations and they said the beauty is you get to do lots of things. And if you're there at the start, you can really grow, grow with, with the, the company, company. Mm-hmm. and it's a startup so you can really, you know, in two years' time, you'll have two years' experience and that other guy's just got two months' experience. Yeah. So you can really be at the forefront. So that was fantastic, you know. So I'm I'm teaching people who bought the software how to train and implement the software. So the good thing is, as a Muslim, they're all in, they're looking up to you. Yeah. You're the knowledge knowledgeable one. The implementer. So you're giving dawah indirectly just by being good at your work, and that's what I would say to all the Muslims. You don't have to run around and say, I'm Muslim or I'm this and I'm that. Just do a good job mm. and the people will see. Yeah. I t- you know, being in human resources, I would tell people, today people don't care if you have green hair, you've got three earrings. If you are the best employee, they'll take you every day of the week. Yeah. Mm. They won't fire you. But if you're the lazy one, you turn up late, you leave early, you don't get your work done. You'll be the first to leave. It's got nothing to do with Islam. Yeah. Islam's got nothing to do with it. 100%. You just haven't delivered on your responsibilities. Yeah. You know? We all have a scapegoat and we use those excuse of titles. I, I, I hate people who play the Muslim. Oh, oh, this person person didn't win, you know, yeah. uh, the voice because they're Asian. Got, yeah. they, they weren't up for it. Step yeah. it up. You know? 100%. You close your eyes. The right person wins. So you are you married by now? Oh yeah, very much so. Like when did you get married? So what 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 
Where were you working, Ericsson? I think just at Ericsson. Yes, that's true. I was married when I was at Ericsson. Wow. So I'd finished at uh, Craig and Sealy and I was up at Ericsson when I got so married. So that transition of jobs as well was a big call because yeah. you would have had your, your first and second child. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah, probably uh, the first child was born uh, when I finished up and then went there, yeah. Wow. So alhamdulillah, that, that PeopleSoft opportunity allowed me, actually I think it was I won an award at PeopleSoft and they were having a conference in San Diego. So the, the, the reward, was the, the uh, gift or whatever uh, was to fly there, go to the conference and everything paid for. But Farhana just had, I think, our first kid. Allah. So I said, I ain't going. So I said, I'm not going. And so my co-worker was very happy <laughs> to take that that prize and, and they had a great time. Oh, wow. You know? But alhamdulillah, that's what, that's what you need to do. You can't just, your wife's just given boy, birth. You can't just, okay, love, that's like, I'll catch you later and then I'm having a good time in San Diego. Yeah. That's, you know, it's these little things 100%. that start to resonate and it's the beginning of the end. When you start doing those kinds of things, hundred percent. So that's he's talking about. You know, some things for the younger kids, uh, younger listeners to think about. But that's the, your personality. But you're a proper person. You, uh, uh, since I've mom? known you, see my mum. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Uh, since I've, we've known you, and I've, I've you know, since our first interaction, uh, you've been always that proper perspective. He's always until, until he met always, uh, until he met me. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been the same. <laughs> <laughs> I've never recovered. I was as kisses. I used to follow him around. He was the most unaffectionate person. Yeah. I used to love kissing him just for, this, for that look. <laughs> that one. That one, yeah, yeah. That one, yeah. That one, yeah. Oh, the Safi brothers. Oh, my God. They're going to go. Oh, stop it. It's like, stop it. But you know you love it. You know you love him. I can't confirm or deny that. This will be used against you, so alhamdulillah, that also, what, subhanAllah, Allah's plan takes you. And that's why sometimes you just got to follow it. Amen. Just let it be. I think I want to go here. I want to do that, da, da, da. Just keep working, keep trying, apply for jobs. If you get it, Allah wants it. If you don't, wasn't meant to be. And that's how I ended up doing consulting with like PwC. And that was fantastic. I love that. How long did that's, that that's when you started traveling, isn't it? Like yes, alhamdulillah. That was that was his. So I I did that for about five years, and, and for the ones that don't know what PwC uh, is, Coopers is like one of the top four accounting firms, and uh, my role was management consulting. So I was now consulting in the implementation of these uh, PeopleSoft software. Oh wow! Okay, so I would go. I ended up. So it's a young man's game. You have to commit to being flexible and go where the, com- the company owns you. We need you in Sydney. You go to Sydney. Wow. Okay. So I ended up going to Sydney for like 18 months. My wow. first project was here. Then I ended up going to Sydney for 18 months uh, on a major, major project and but it was fantastic. So you left your family for 18 months? No. They said, we can move your family there. We can get you an apartment. Uh, what do you want? I said, I want to go. I want to fly up on a Monday. I want to come back on a Friday. Oh, wow. 
because my family and my home and everything is here. I don't want to be of the mindset that I live in Sydney now mm. oh, because wow. my life and my family is here. So the weekends were you for, for your family? 100%. Yeah. Monday to Friday was for work. That was Hisham. I remember he was telling us the story about him. He did the same thing, subhanAllah. Mm. You, wow. you, you got everything's about choices, you know? And if you want to push at the higher level, you got to do these things, but you also have a consciousness to say, whoa, I'm going too far now. Because a lot of people can get lost in the glory. Yeah. They pay you well, they fly you up, you stay in nice hotels, you know. You can, it's, you can live in a false world, you know. Mm. What made you, for, the, for our viewers and the young ones, making these the right decisions? Was family an important thing for you, obviously? Family is everything. If, if, I, if I lose my family, like you guys ask about what is success, success is having a functional family where like we're talking now, we do this at home. We talk. We have relationship. People come, some of our son's friends will come over and Farhana and I are having a coffee, just having a chat, and they go, my parents never do that. It's like, what a weird world where mum and dad don't talk, sit together, share, you know. The, you know the old adage, she's my best friend. Yeah. Mm. She's everything, you know. So family is everything. And if you get a good family, you hold on to that sucker. You hold on tight, man. You don't lose it. Mm. And you have to, subhanAllah, shaitan will go double hard. I'll try to get in there. And I'll try to, and sometimes we've had, you know, discussions. I don't like to say arguments. <laughs> discussions. And I say, discussions. And I say, no, Shaitan's really working hard now. He's trying to get something between us. Mm. So to be conscious of that yeah. is Amazing. so important. Yeah. That it's not me and it's not you. Shaitan's the he's the third one he's here, third, yes. trying to get the wedge and wow. try to open it up. Because like you, you guys are good. I can't have that. Mm. Yeah, I got to, I got to destroy this. Yes, Allah. So be conscious. When some, when you're feeling ill about your friend or something, something hey, hang on, I think there's a shaitan talking. Yeah. So be aware of that. Yes, yeah, well, you know? well, amazing advice. <laughs> it hits, doesn't it? <laughs> it hits, alhamdulillah. Allah, so working professionally in that environment is, is, is fantastic, but there comes a time when you need to say, hey, that's enough. I, I can remember... I ended up being on a project in Singapore wow. and the family moved because they weren't at school then, which was brilliant, you know, because they weren't at primary school yet, they were still young enough so that they could travel. Uh, Ali and Saliha were young kids, so they came with us. And I'd gone up like once or one, one or two weeks just to set some things up, do work, start on the project, and then they came later. And I met a guy, at I remember this, at, on the – at the carousel, you know, where the bags are coming off. And he'd been on the Sydney project, this guy. And I said, what are you doing here, man? He goes, oh, I just came for a couple of days. Um, um, divorce. I just separated from my wife. 
work was too much. I didn't spend enough time with her, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, Allah just sent me a message. If I picked you up mm. and I said, okay, that's enough. I can't be doing this kind of work and potentially losing my family. It's not worth it. Mm. Wow. You know? So alhamdulillah. So you, so you, was that you, like a tough time situation for you as well, that, like that message came across or was it just like you were just sort of? Uh, <laughs> going with as, the, as but you do. It, it wasn't like slap. It was like, there's your message, mm. you know? And I was like, when, when you have some consciousness, mm. you hear things. Some people hear things and... Yeah, yeah. Mm. like you know, and that's the thing. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. The reason I'm saying that is that, Subhanallah. Like, I'm very conscious, in, and I try to be conscious in the moment as much as possible mm. because most of us are, you know, somewhere else, you know, in the future or in the past. But Subhanallah. Like, if you get that message, sometimes it just passes by because you're oh, not definitely, here. Definitely. And, and I want to know. I wanted to know why were you so conscious with that message and how, how what was about that, that you got that message. You know, maybe I was I was thinking because. The kids are just about to go to school and I didn't want for them to be at school and then I'm running around in Sydney or Singapore or da-da-da-da-da mm. and Farhana's at home with the kids trying to take them to school. I didn't want them to go to school in Sydney and then go to school in Singapore and, you know, yeah. like they talk about army brats, yeah. that type of thing. I didn't want that. Yeah. I wanted my kids to have stability. So I said, okay, there's enough. That's enough. Let's, you know, let's Hello. change uh, tact and find some work here in uh, in Melbourne. And alhamdulillah, we did. Allah Akbar. Alhamdulillah. And Saliha drew a picture once and it was like her, there was a swing, there was Momo, there was Ali on the swing. And uh, I think she was standing next to the swing. Rohana said, where's Bobo? She said, oh, he's in Sydney. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That would have been hitting you. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> they, my mum would say, out of the mouths of babes. Yeah, out of yeah. the kids, just yeah. say it as it is. Yeah, it is, yeah. She point. doesn't know how to express it. That's right, yeah. But she's telling her, my, is, my yeah. dad's not around. Yeah. So I can either go, ha, ha, and move on. I say, hey, I'm not. I'm not going to sacrifice that. Yeah. It's too valuable a relationship to put on the line. What advice would you give some fathers that are struggling with this? Obviously, to give the family, uh, uh, you know, the what can we say, the lifestyle mm. and the struggle of obviously not being enough with their family. I, I, I think that's where we have to cut some slack for, like our generation parents who came to this country, maybe without language skills, and they did everything for the kids and maybe they give up some family time because they had to go work mm. at Ford and take that extra shift mm. and pay for this and do this and do that. So bobbles weren't around. And, and, and it's a story of a lot. A lot of them, yeah, yeah. A lot of kids have that story, you know, so when you take a step back, you say, oh, okay, I'll cut Bob with some slack now, you know. But today you can, we're not, we're not that generation. Mm, no. So 
we still want to give to our families, but you have to be conscious of where the line is, where the, 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 uh, you know, like they talk about a cost benefits analysis. Mm. Okay. There's a benefit, but there's a cost. And I cross that line. Now I'm actually gone from benefit. Now it's costing me something. Is it costing my kids? It costs my relationship with my wife, my jamaat, whatever it is. Mm. At the end of the day, okay, that extra 5K or 10K, is, is it worth it? Because now my kid doesn't know me. There's a lot of cost. There's not as much benefit. And that's the reality of it, is it? So, and, and it happens, I think. And that's all of us. I think uh, yeah. we can analyze that and reflect upon that. that the cost involved in mm. not being there mm. and the benefit of it. And sometimes it is about giving lifestyles about doing that, but subhanAllah, it's, it's, it's amazing. So, sometimes we don't know the cost until it's too late. Yeah. And we go, oh, I, yeah. just, I, I just lost that. Yeah. Mm. It's gone now because it's hard to win back your kids after you've – those those kids know you inside out. They know everything about you. When Ibo walks in the house – He's in a good mood. He's not in a good mood, <laughs> you know. Some and, and some some traditional houses, it's like oh, I have to choose the day I speak to my dad. Mm. I I try not to be that person. Mm. I walk in, it's all good. Yeah, off consistency, we go. yeah, you know. The key, yeah. Alhamdulillah. So is that uh, after that pathway? Is that why you you know pretty much stopped working in the corporate world and the rat race and Got into ICV? Is that, is, that, is that the transition? Yeah, very much so. Because I didn't, that would be a, I didn't was want to step down or step up. Because um, <laughs> you were the CEO then, weren't you? Yeah, you became yeah. CEO of ICV. C- CEO of ICV and uh, management consultant, senior management consultant <laughs> for BWC. They don't compare. <laughs> but, you know. I, I thought ICV was bigger. Sorry? <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you need to get you someone from ICV. You, to, to, um, to, you were part of the A team of ICV. Well, that, that, that's for you to say, not for me to 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 go. Rams, oh, I was part of the A team. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> what type of numbers? You were leading. What, what the, type of You were leading the A team. Ma- maybe like Ramsey, Ra- Mashallah, Ramsey Al Sayed, my uni mate, uh, is president, and I'm CEO. Mashallah. It's Batman and Robin. We'll work out. Yeah. We'll, we'll work out later who's Batman, <laughs> who's Robin. <laughs> but alhamdulillah, it was it was fantastic from a from a pleasure perspective of like I enjoyed going to work and dealing with Ramsey. But I think together we could because we knew each other so well, we could get some great things done. Why were you so successful in those roles as the A team there? Is it because? Oh, well, I, I, I think is it because you were, you know, an Aussie. It helps, helps a lot, and like Ramsey's far from an ethnic. Yes. Walid Ali's far from an ethnic. Assad Ansari is far from an ethnic. Shireen Hassan, we're like the next generation yeah. of people who, like I said earlier, we get it. Yeah. We well, understand government. Mm. We understand how things work. We're sitting there with, you know, James Molino and we're just cracking jokes and laughing. We're still talking about our issue, but we could communicate yeah, with the them. Yeah, we're one of the boys. We spoke the language. Yeah. You're not an now outsider, you're an insider now. You know? And alhamdulillah, give, give credit where credit's due. I always 
you know, if you you want to give something, you know, for the the younger, we used to have the guy in the mosque running the mosque. He was a taxi driver by day, probably couldn't sign his name, but he wanted to do something. Yeah. He gave what he could with the best of his ability. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, oh, what are these people? What are they? You know. But to his credit, he was there. And I think it's a real shame that there's a lot of good, competent people walking around today who don't give back. Yeah. And mm. I think that's a real loss. 100%. So give whatever you've got, you know. I, I gave what I could. How many years was that, CV? I think it was about probably maybe three years or something like that. Well, I heard you talk about... Uh, Walid and the uh, Catch the Fire yes, thing. Yes. I, I started like that week. Oh, wow. Back straight away, I'm in VCAT. <laughs> no. What the heck's going on here? But the funniest story is we had the thing VCAT had all finished. Like two weeks later, I had to go to Sydney. So you park your car in like Busy Beaver Parking, whatever it is. The uh, little van comes around and picks you up. I open the van. There's the guy from Catch the Fire. Wow. Pastor Richard or whatever his name was, in the van. Wow. We'd just been going for <laughs> it at VCAT. So I see that, okay. Hey, how you doing? Where you off to? Sat down. Because I wanted to show him that I'm not gonna hold any animosity. Yeah. You wow. may have said those things about Muslims or whatever, rightly or wrongly, but I'm not going to get in to make a scene. SubhanAllah. I wanted to show him, you know, yeah, that's yeah. not what we do. It's the akhlaq of the Muslim, really. Alhamdulillah. So when the opportunity presents itself, you have to present it. So obviously we want to touch base on a few topics. Obviously, Fadname. hardest moment in your life. Probably this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Uh, I, think the, I, think, I think you should have went to Indonesia and ran the company there. <laughs> what would you say? Hardest moment. Career and personal. Okay. I probably, I probably haven't ranked them, but I remember September 11. Uh, Farhan and I were actually in Dubai. And we're watching it on TV. And I was in Sydney. I was on the Sydney project at that time. Um, and I came back and like my, my, one or two of the guys said, some of the people were talking about you whilst you were away. Is, is, is Ahmed like that? Does he think like that? Would he do that kind of thing? Well, and so I was not, oh, in, my pre, not in my presence... But I was questioned about, am I like that? Am I like those people? You know? So just being put in the doubtful column is, was concerning. But teammates, fellow workers like, oh, he's not like that. You know him. So non-Muslims can defend you. And I think that's the best thing when non-Muslims can defend you not in your presence. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the best thing. Yeah, that's the best so, hour. So you need to be the kind of person that when you're not around, somebody will speak highly of you, yeah. mm. you know? As we say, reputation precedes you. 
Which means you've done the groundwork of, you know, building relationships, you know, you know. And I think there's a lot of Muslims out there in mm. in the workforce. I mm. think they're sort of such an introvert or they're scared to put themselves out and share the truth about themselves mm. and who they are, that people will have doubts suddenly, you know what I mean? Because they've always been closed off, you know, they come in, they do their work mm. and they, they do their job amazingly well, but they're not as connected with their colleagues, you know, and I've seen that before. So you have to but connect. The, but that's the key. The key of Islam is to have that capacity to connect with your but, but, cohort and your, you know, your friendships. Mm. I, I, on a, on a, from a publishing uh, perspective, I think one of our, one of my biggest, like, you know, challenges was we wanted to break into the UK. Okay. So we said that there's this Global Peace and Unity Conference in the London. Fantastic. Okay. So because it's in London, you have to plan three months in advance. You have to get the stuff all packed up, ready to go, put it on the ship, off it go, book flights. I said to Ali and Ashraf, Ali's like 15, I think Ashraf's 12, said, boys, we're going to go to the UK. It's not a holiday. You're working. <laughs> you're going to help me in the store. Okay, Bob, no problem. I said, on the side, we'll go to some soccer matches. We'll have a good time, mm. you know. But our main purpose is for this. So we, we do everything. We book flights. We book hotels. Da, da, da. The stuff's halfway somewhere across the world. We get an email. Oh, due to circumstances beyond our control, we've had to cancel Global Peace and Unity Conference. Oh, wow. What do we do? Oh, we were gutted because you have, you, you, you've spent thousands. Yeah. Wow. You've backed yourself. You've spent thousands. So I was like, oh, my God, what do we do? So we had to find our way firstly for the goods to – we didn't know anybody in the UK. First time from my trips as a young guy, you know, 20, 20 years ago. Wow. So we're going for the first time to hopefully open up the market – get to meet people, et cetera, et cetera. So we knew nobody. So I said, oh, my God, we have to try to find a way, get it sent back. So now the expense is coming back, but the trip's booked. So we were, we were like, oh, my God, we've just spent, you know, 10 or 15K, whatever it is, and stuck your neck out. Flip side, it sometimes the worst thing and quite often turns out to be the best thing. Yeah. So... Ali and Ashraf are rap. They don't need to work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it ended up being the the soccer trip. We went to Arsenal. We went to Liverpool. We went to see Man United play. And to be honest, if you want some advice for fathers, take your kid, take your boys on a father son trip. Connect to them, and. I think really that built our relationship to a whole new level. Wow. You know? So it was it was a blessing in disguise. It was worth 15K mm. for that. But if I take a step back, I think parents need to talk to their kids. Like I would talk, I would take the boys to soccer. They'd play like uh, junior soccer at Heidelberg. I'd go and watch them. We'd talk about it. Start talking to your kids about things that your kids can talk about. Mm. If your kids like ice hockey, talk to them about it. They like AFL, talk to them about it. Get into the habit of having conversations with your kids so that when it comes time to have the next level of conversation, be it I met a girl, I want to do something at uni or whatever it is, 
It's not like a first-time discussion. Mm. Talking to Bible is normal. We do it all the time. Now it's just another subject, yeah. you know? So speak to your kids, and when you get the chat, do a father-son trip, you know? Good advice. And fantastic, alhamdulillah. Yeah. So from that, I, w- I would like to know, you know, your proudest moment, you know, like we were talking about. Being uh, on no, this no, podcast. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about. We- Look, to be honest, I think there's no other joy like holding your child, you know? Which one? Only because it's chronological order (laughs) Your first child Is An absolute phenomenon You know So your proudest moment It's like Allahu Akbar For Hana had some complications He had to get taken So I'm standing there with Saliha This little baby And it's like Allahu Akbar Mm. So that's you're speechless. Yeah, you know that moment is, you know, the next two or three, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's you still love, but it's just not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. You know? We've had the pleasure of having the miracle, the miracle of birth. Allah, the miracle of birth, and I think that's when truly the penny drops of the value of of your mother. Oh. It's another another complete world. Like yes. you don't realize the sacrifice and the pain and the love yes. until you actually there. Mm. I totally agree. That that changed my world. Oh, of course. But the question is, did that open up a new rizq? Like as we know, every time we have kids, subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of rizq blessings change. Mm. Did the, was there a monster change in your rizq when when you had Saliha? Well, that was that was pre just before PeopleSoft, um, so probably yes in that sense because moving from People uh, Ericsson to PeopleSoft then to people it was for financially advantageous, yeah. you know, alhamdulillah. So they brought it I- I- in that regard, and it's so true. They they do bring risk, but it's like you know, alhamdulillah. Can I ask? Uh, I know Fadda. I know you were part of Salam Cafe. Mm. Mm. How was that journey? I know there was, uh, you know. I would like to go through that journey with you because it was it was uh, you know I was part of your life then and you you know take us through that how, how did you end up in that role you you were the actual the presenter yeah I was the host I'm host the sorry the I'm host the, yeah uh, look and you got attacked as well I would like to know about that <laughs> well that, that, that's that's how it is you know when like you guys are putting yourself out there for public critique yeah what are you doing what about this everybody's got an opinion. Back in the day, without social media, people would have their opinion, but it couldn't go any further than the coffee shop mm-hmm. or their lounge room. Now people, you know, call you up and et cetera, et cetera. But from a historical perspective, Ahmed Hassan called me. He, I think him and Walid and that, they were talking yeah. like at their house. And how should we do this? And he goes, I'll get Ahmed Imam. You know, he, he'll, he'll be good for this. You know, so he knew I'd be up for it. So we started off down at Minaret College. Wow. Filming the initial Channel 31 days down at Minaret College. The pilots. Uh, no, no, this is like Channel 31, 31 stuff, yeah. So the guys at Preston Mosque uh, had, I think it was called Arab TV or something. 
and they just used to, you know, get some video DVDs or something and splice and dice and, <laughs> you know, and put something out there on Channel 31. So they had an hour. So I went to them and said, oh, you've got Arab TV. How can we get a time on, S- uh, on uh, Channel 31? And they said, take our slot. Please, I'm sick of slicing and dicing and doing this. Can you take our, you can take our turn. So it was like five o'clock on a Saturday or something. So oh, they had wow. an hour. So it's oh, a beautiful, wow. we've got it. We didn't ask you what you want to do with it. Sorry? I think we may have told them. Okay. Well, this is what we're doing, that we're talking. That so we did the episode, the first episode. Um, I think it was Ramzi Nabulsi took it down, did the editing, took it to Channel 31 like as a disc, gave it to them. They stuck it in the machine. It went to air. And they were like, oh, what's this? That's not Arabic. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't even tell him. He didn't even tell him. That's it. Give him the disc. There you go. Snuck it in. So the next week, Ramsey goes and gives him the disc. And they go, hey, 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 where are you going? Come back here. He goes, oh, God, I'm in trouble. What have we done? They said, that stuff's great. We love it. Are you guys doing more of this? So alhamdulillah. We were we we were now in. We in. were in. Oh wow! <laughs> so you pulled the wool on Channel Thirty One. <laughs> <laughs> so alhamdulillah, then we just started to do a little bit of that, and then I think SBS approached us and said, "Hey, you guys, do you want to come? Because Thirty One's like a feeder farm, yeah, yeah for yeah. content. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you know, oh, that's good. You know, that's I think Vasily's yeah. Garden used to be there, yeah, and they got yeah. got poached. That's so right. it's, it's it's like you know, so." We had the chance to go on, you know, uh, SBS. So that's that was that was monumental at that stage. Muslims being on TV, yeah, not huge. on the six o'clock news, yeah. <laughs> was a spin out. Yes, for the non-Muslims, but also for the Muslims. They yeah, did, well, everyone they, was watching. They didn't know Muslims didn't know how to react. So so true because it wasn't a lecture, Islamic lecture. It was Melbourne Uni. It was people. Laughing, boys and girls sitting together. What's going on here? So, our community wasn't ready for it, but our audience wasn't the Muslim community. Yeah, we wanted the non-Muslim community to see Muslims in a refreshing light. You know, so alhamdulillah, that was like they were, they were magnificent. It was a magnificent experience. I can remember. I can recall that was a very proud moment for you and. and oh, the, definitely. Uh, Definitely. Like, you know, you, I remember talking to you. Alhamdulillah, you know, because, you know, it's not about me being on TV. It's about us, yeah. like, cracking the mainstream, mm. getting recognised, being on the front page of uh, the Age newspaper entertainment guide to see, like, a lady with hijab. and that, It's like thousands of people are reading this. Yeah. Or if not, just seeing it. And that's these are little inroads about us getting into everyday life. Yeah. You did know? you did you get hate mail and death threats and things like that? Look, I remember vividly getting a phone call once at home, one brother, and he was telling me off and and I said, "Brother, I don't know who you are, and I think it's unfair that we're not on an equal." Field. Oh wow! You don't know. You know who I am. You've got my number. I don't know who you are, and I don't have your number. Mm. I'm happy to have this discussion, but give me your number, 
and I'll call you back and we'll have a chat. But if you're not willing to reveal yourself, then I'm going to put the phone down now. Nice. Because that's only fair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Otherwise, it could be you. Who knows? Yes. That's unfair. Yes. To the guy's credit, I think he gave me his number. I called him back and we had a chat. MashaAllah. You know? So it was really our community that we had to sell to. Yeah. You know? So that, that was, that was, that was, that were our biggest critics. Yes. You know? Still today. Safi day. brothers are doing this. This one's doing that. My center's wrong. These ones are off the path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's got an opinion. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So just, but that's life. So, but you have to be resilient enough to just, if you believe you're within the frame of Islam, just keep going. If you're out, if, if you're on the edge, I could be too far. Actually, maybe Allah subhanahu is giving me a little bit of nasihah here, a little yeah. bit of advice. Hey, 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 I think maybe you're going too far there. Yeah. Come back, come back. Mm. You know? I know that. So alhamdulillah, like, I remember like being with the kids in Singapore, going to the, like we're going to the, uh, like with your tickets and you get them scanned just as you go through and the air, ho- air hostess or whatever the name is, she, she, she gets a ticket, she looks at me, she goes, oh, I love the show. Some lady from Jetstar. Oh, wow. And Ali and Sally, I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> He's famous. The Brad Pitt of the family. <laughs> He's famous. And now the irony: He's on a podcast, yeah, and now yeah. people are saying we recognise you. Yeah, Allah, so Allah. it all comes around. Yeah, Allah, it all comes around. But that comes with it. You have to be conscious that, especially mainstream TV like Paul Walid, you can't go anywhere without. Yeah. He's from the project. Mm. You know that guy. You know, and he's doing something. And that was, it comes back to Ibn al-Sheikh. Well, you can't do that, yeah. is it? Mm. So it's funny, when, when you hit that fame, sort of everyone owns, owns a piece of you suddenly, you know what I mean? Yeah. you got to give it up. And that comes with it. If you know you can sing and you want to go into singing and you're going to be on stage, you can't think you can go to yeah. Kmart, Campbellfield and just walk around. <laughs> it's not going to happen, yeah, exactly, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You know? People yeah. recognise you, yeah, you know? So that comes with the territory. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Mashallah, we can go all day talking about you know, mm-hmm. Mashallah, again, all, that, the, all that, the great that, work that, 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 that you've that, done. That's, that's my dad. I don't know if he, had, he was, had, had V or Red Bull in his blood or something running around. Just that energy. Yeah, it was a Just constant. to go and go and go. Allah yeah. Akbar. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, today we would like uh, to end each podcast by asking our guests to describe themselves with a single, concise I am statement. I'll let you be, think about that now. <laughs> but first, I would like to thank you for supporting the podcast, mashallah. You are amazing uh, people watching this and we have seen amazing feedback on our latest episodes and through our socials. And uh, we could not do this without your support. Please make sure to subscribe as it helps us out a lot. And you can see every episode as soon as they are available. If you have any feedback of us, or questions for our guests, please make sure to leave comments. And if you know someone who will benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. So on that note, I would like to end the podcast with his amazing brother on an I am statement. So in a single concise statement, I want to know who Ahmed Iam is. I was going to say I am persistent. Love it. Okay. He's very persistent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's hammered me a few times. Alhamdulillah. And well, I think that's the secret to, to well, my, my success is 
just keep moving, keep going, be persistent. Uh, lots of no's, people knock you back, but just just keep going, be persistent. And I can testify that Ahmed is a very, very persistent man and we have been on a few things together that we've been very persistent. Zekallah khair for sharing your success story. And we love you, Ahmed. I love you, Ahmed. <laughs> Amazing, love, brother. Love, you, <laughs> love you guys so much. <laughs> and uh, thank you for sharing your story. And inshallah for barakah in this story. And inshallah Amen. our brothers can familiarize themselves with you in this story. And inshallah Amen. see some motivation and inspiration to, mm. to push Amen. themselves to be more and do more. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah.